Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people. I'm Nina Turner and I am unbought and unbossed. Listen to Unbossed on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Right. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha. I knew could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. I am on my own. I'm on my own today. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I nearly phoned it in sick today. I nearly phoned it in. I was, I am tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. It's been a long season, man. It's been a long season. Last week we had the Quick Stop Live event. I don't think I've even spoken about that. Um, we had the Quick Stop Live event. That was incredible. Um, thank you to everyone who came out to Quick Stop Live. Um, we had 55-ish people in a pub, all watching the Hungarian Grand Prix, chewing, chewing, cheering Lewis on. We had people in the live stream afterwards. We recorded our live podcast, uh, Quick Stop 50, uh, which was incredible. And it just felt really humbling. You know, you have an idea for something and, you know, I never in any world or realm thought that Quick Stop would ever get big enough that people would be coming to live shows. People would be coming um uh, online watching us online that we would do a live podcast it was incredible so oh man i'm i'm so 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 grateful for everyone who turned up for that everyone who supported everyone who shared the event everyone who left nice messages but i'm tired it's been a long season a lot of videos have been made this year. They take a long time. It's very tiring. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just being like a bit, I don't know. But the fatigue has caught up with me. So I was, I'd, I literally had a nap at 5.30 today. Woke up at like 7. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And then I read the article and I was like, yes, I've got to do it. I've got to do it, man. So for those of you listening at home, uh, this is... Uh, recorded live. We're recording it live on YouTube. We've got people in the comments on YouTube, so I'm going to read them out. Big up everyone in the comments. Sophie says, The article made me cry. It was raw and open and beautiful, but more than ever, Massey can go kick rocks! God damn. If ever there was a way to segue into that article, I mean, look. Lewis Hamilton, if you don't know, uh, recently done uh, an article with Vanity Fair. It's just come out today. First point of discussion, okay? Some of you other 
content creators need to realize i don't think you can even spell vanity fair okay only the top of the top get to be interviewed by vanity fair okay if you don't know yeah quick stop f1 we were in vanity fair at the beginning of the season it's no big deal it's no big deal okay so when you guys want to throw shade at us when you guys want to say stuff about us just remember okay i don't even know if you can spell vanity fair only the top of the top get to be interviewed in Vanity Fair. The fact that we've been in Vanity Fair and Lewis has been in Vanity Fair means we've basically met each other. Basically. We've basically met each other now. We're, we're at the upper echelon and he's come up to us and be like, oh, you guys are in Vanity Fair? Yeah, you do are. And that's fine, okay? <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but... But, um, super cool article on Vanity Fair. And there's some things I want to talk about. Sleeping Julia says one degree of separation. Yeah. There's literally, I mean, that's it. What is the degree of separation between us and Lewis Hamilton? One magazine article. One magazine establishment. One of the best. Um, so, if you don't know, Lewis Hamilton today for the September issue of Vanity Fair is the cover star. Um... And it is incredible. And he opens up a lot about him, his life, growing up, things he's had to overcome, things he is overcoming, how he's got to the place he is right now. And I just thought it was some incredible shit, man. This shit is incredible. It's so cool to hear. And it's obviously been done over like a few days, a few different days. And he's really been uh, the person who wrote the article, Big Up, I think it's Matt Heath. Uh, Chris Heath, who wrote the article, uh, really did an incredible job with it. It's uh, it's so cool to hear Lewis in his own words like this. Uh, and the pictures, the pictures are incredible. Do you guys remember the Vanity Fair article that we were in in March? Not that I've not mentioned it before, but do you remember when they dressed up the other drivers? And... Uh, do, do you remember how I mean I mean that shit was awful that shit <laughs> that shit was so bad that shit was so bad I mean they, they got they had Daniel looking like a caricature cartoon character it was awful I don't even want to talk about how Lando looked Pick up in the comments, my boy, Wolfpack. Oof, my guy. Um, pick up Floor who says, some things should be forgotten. And yeah, look, we're going to forget about that. But let's get into some of the quotes from this article because I just think it's some of the most incredible shit. And I'm sorry, if I'm sweating, it's not because of my love for Lewis. It's because it's so hot in England. And if I have a fan on, it will sound, you'll hear the fan. So you'll just get to watch me sweat. But I think there's some things that need to be said. Uh, so one of the things from this article, which is really pertinent straight away, uh, is the issue around the jewellery, right? Like the issue around the jewellery and like we can all kind of, now, we kind of, now we've all kind of moved on from it. We kind of forget like the jewellery thing was a madness, 
And it felt as if it was against Lewis, right? It felt as if they were targeting Lewis. I've just realized I don't think I actually need to wear these headphones. I don't need to wear the headphones because there's no one else. I can hear myself with my own ears. There wasn't even anything coming through there. Anyway, so Lewis says, uh, I just put on, this is about Miami when he had all the rings on his fingers and, the, and all the chains and everything. And he said, I just put on as much as I could. He, he announced that if need be, he would refuse to race uh, rather than remove his race day jewelry and also have the ante and send the internet bubbling with this comment. As I said, I can't remove at least two of them. One, I can't really explain where it is. This, Hamilton now insists, was flippant provocation. I was just fucking with it. He says laughing, I don't have any other piercings anywhere, but I love that there's this thinking, shit, has he got his balls pierced? Lewis Hamilton. I spent a whole Saturday morning looking up what a Prince Albert was. For you. I want reparations. I want my time back. Do you know how many dicks I looked at? I don't think you understand. I don't think I don't think you understand. I spent 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes straight looking at Pierce Dicks. Dicks. It wasn't one picture, guys. I so it, it went from like can you cuz I genuinely didn't even know that you could get your dick pierced, right? I was like you know some things you just don't know about. It wasn't on my radar. So I'm like, wait, hang about. Can you get your can you get your dick pierced? Like what the fuck? So then I go online, I go into Google. I nearly went into private mode because I was like, I don't want anyone to see this. People might think this is like, I don't know, what do they think I'm up to? You know, the FBI are looking at our shit. The FBI are looking at me like, is this guy searching for pierced dicks? <laughs> Jill says I was interested. Look, I was very interested. But Lewis, I looked up. All the different types of ways that a man can get his dick pissed because of you. I was even thinking, like, maybe I get one. I saw a couple, I was like, maybe I'll get one. And then maybe when I meet Lewis, I'll have something to talk about with him. Like, hey, bro, I've got a dick piercing too. Imagine if I'd done that. Imagine. He would have shunned me. You would have shunned me, Lewis. You can't tease like that. I take everything you say as gospel, you know? So that's one of the first things to take from the Vanity Fair article is that Lewis doesn't have his dick pissed. And that's fine. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. And, uh, and uh, but <laughs> what is good? Uh, what is good? What is good, though? Um, is that he said, since a kid... Since I was a kid, rules. I've never loved being told what to do. And that's a constant theme through this article of, I think, someone who is asserting their place in the sport. And he shouldn't have to assert his place in the sport, right? This is a guy who is the most successful driver of all time. You can't argue with them facts. That's why 
people want to hide behind the GOAT thing, right? And they want to say you can't compare eras. You can't say this. You know, it's different cars. It's different, whatever, right? Cool, fine. Numbers don't lie. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. He is the most successful person to ever drive a car. Full stop. Okay? But here he is having to assert himself. And it was clear. He says in the article, you know, he's the only one that wears jewellery. And at a time when the FIA were looking for them to get there's reform right after Abu Dhabi they're saying we're going to reform we're going to be better there's a new FIA um, uh, chairman director in charge um, man like Ben and it's him trying to assert his power in the most frivolous way against the only black driver on the grid the only the most successful driver on the grid and it's almost like saying okay you want to drive you know your fans want to drag our sport through the mud for Abu Dhabi you want to make all this hoopla you don't want to talk to us all winter okay we're gonna show you and that's what it felt like and I'm glad that he said that Aiden Cliff says don't say that in front of Schumacher fans I'll say it to their face Lewis Hamilton is the greatest of all time. I'll say it. There you go. But anyway. The fact that. They were clamping down on Lewis so hard. For safety reasons. Right. This was all for safety reasons. We have to keep safety at a paramount. We can't have drivers. Having jewellery on. In case they get burnt. But then. People are like. Oh actually. I would like my wedding ring. Okay, fine, you can have your wedding ring. Hang about. Unless I'm mistaken. And look, sometimes I can be mistaken. Okay? You know what? I'm not right all of the time. I'll accept that. But the spirit of wife cannot protect you from burns. Okay? I'm not married. But I know. No matter how much I love my wife. No matter how much love is embedded in my wedding ring. That shit's not going to save me from burning. So how is it safety to allow a wedding ring. But you can't have a nose piercing. Or a dick piercing. Okay. I'm just saying. At what point does the spirit of wife save you? And why is it allowed? And again... This goes to the whole thing of the FIA. You're making up shit on the spot. You're zigzagging from one way to the other. Talk to me straight. Don't talk around the corners. Someone in the chat just said when Roman was in the accident, a man had a watch on. Roman was timing himself getting out of the car with a Richard Mini. And you want to tell me a man can't have a nose piercing or a dick piercing? I'm not having it. Guys, I'm not having it. I just can't believe that we had to live through that. But I'm glad Lewis addressed it. And it goes through a theme, like I said, of Lewis hitting back, highlighting things which are wrong. Wrong against him. Ways that he's been wronged. Ways that he's been singled out. Way that he's been abused. And how he kind of gets over it. 
you know, I think we all know now he mentions the fact that he was dyslexic. I'm dyspraxic. I'm dyspraxic. Um, I have, like, real issues with... Um, I have real issues with concentration as well. I think I might have something else, like, undiagnosed. I don't want to, like, diagnose myself with ADHD because I think a lot of people are... Yeah, I don't want to, like, minimalise other people's, like... Um, conditions and stuff but i definitely have like issues with like concentration i, I have dyspraxia so like my hand-eye coordination but also my ability to like take uh with like note things and remember things and everything it's just like it's bad it's bad um and hearing him get over that right he's never let anything get in his way he's so inspirational from school he had t- he had a teacher at his school basically try and frame him so a grown white adult tried to frame him for beating a kid up in the toilets and if it wasn't for his dad standing up for him he would have stayed expelled and then he would have lost his mclaren driver contract and then who knows we might not have been seeing the greatness that we've seen today so imagine from a from a young age you're going through all these things he grew up lewis grew up about half an hour away from where I grew up. So we both grew up in a county called Hertfordshire. Uh, I grew up in a place called St Albans, very white, um, very white area. I was one of three black people in my year. I think when I first got to the school, there was around, I think about five black boys. I went to a boys' school. So... Uh, at this boys school I experienced racism from an early age and it's quite I'll tell you a story I can't remember if I told a story on the pod or not so at Christmas I didn't have a great relationship with my parents because I was always going into trouble at school right Um, not because I was necessarily naughty but I um, I, I I was very hyperactive right I was very um i just you know i'd be bouncing across the walls and stuff but i always just used to get singled out right i'd be the only black kid in my class if they wanted to make the whole class be quiet they'd be like nasha stop talking and sometimes i wouldn't even i'd be having my head down like, nasha stop talking sometimes when they would there was one incident i remember in the canteen there was like loads of mess whatever and one of the teachers came up to us as a group of us and he was like, okay, Nyasha, Joel, you two clean up the canteen. One, do I look like the fucking cleaner? Two, it was the two black boys that he chose to do this task, right? And I remember saying to him, sir, why have you just chosen the two black boys to to clean? It's like everyone else is here. You've chosen the two black boys. Now, did throw a little bit of sauce on this and then i was like oh do you want me to do you want me to dance for you sir do you want me to shuck and jive for you now that didn't go down too well and on reflection maybe you know it was a bit provocative but i was like what the fuck am i being asked to clean the canteen for so after that they tried to suspend me for i tried i I nearly got suspended for accusing a teacher of being racist and that was kind of like what school was like for me and i remember talking to my parents about all of this stuff right because they never believed me when i was like 
I was trying to tell them about my experience at school and like, you know, their first generation, they came over from Zimbabwe, very strict, you know, school, 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 school. And, um, and then they were like, you know, I was like, why did you ever, why did you never believe me? Like, do you know what I mean? Why did you never believe me about like the fact that, you know, teachers are being racist? And like, I, when I was obviously that age, I didn't have the vocabulary to, describe what was happening I just knew that I was being treated very differently to everyone else in school right and I just felt like why am I continually being treated so badly and you know they were like we just didn't want you to ever be ill-disciplined and blame it on teachers so we always said this but we knew that you were being racially kind of singled out I'm not gonna lie like it hurt man because it caused a big rift with me and my parents because they was always just getting told off for things that I didn't do and I never had that backing. And it just kind of shows, right? Like, thank God for Anthony Hamilton. Like, because if it wasn't for Anthony Hamilton sticking up for his son, defending his son, elevating his son, sacrificing his own life, quality of life i guess for a son Anthony hammond could have easily just been like you know what fuck all that go-karting shit put your head in some books right but he nurtured lewis's talent he protected lewis and i just think that's such a beautiful thing and it's not something that i experienced personally i remember my dad turning into therapy oh my god <laughs> but look, look just as a i guess as a person my dad never came to see me watch play football right my parents never came to see me watch play football or, or anything like that and um not that i was any good at it but you know you always used to see the parents on the side and you know my parents were never there so it's cool that lewis had that right and it's incredible that he had that and if we didn't have that we wouldn't have seen lewis today which kind of brings me unfortunately on to Abu Dhabi and um, look I haven't spoken about it for a while um, actually before we go into that uh, can you guys like this video if you're watching please um, give us some likes uh, if you're sharing it on twitter thank you let people know that you're in here let's have some wine okay let's have some vape abu dhabi um so before i get into that lewis talks about I think, and one of the things that's interesting is they mention in his autobiography in, in uh, my story, and I remember reading this, and he says, um, in the article, they quote him and saying, for me, race is not an issue at all. This, he now says, was the stance he was encouraged to take. Those early years, we were just always trying to fit in. My dad's just, don't talk about that, just blend in. And that's a real thing. <clears throat> It's such a real thing. And I think people don't realise, like, why do I love Lewis Hamilton so much, right? Because you just... I see so many... Um, I see so many parallels with my own life that I've had to go through. 
And I'm not saying, look, I've achieved anything on the level that Lewis Hamilton has achieved, right? Of, of course not. But as a black man in Britain, and as a black man in Hertfordshire, and as a black man navigating adulthood in Britain, you're taught to, like, suppress everything. You're taught to not make a fuss you're taught to almost like be a good black right i remember i used to um god i used to just really have this whole personality that was this larger than life kind of character who would just like i would never mention stuff about race and i would never i'd always just be super happy go lucky and almost like you know almost like a caricature of myself just because i wanted to fit in i would talk even more englishy if that's a way of describing it i'd use long words and and it just wasn't me and it was because i was trying to fit in and and I, I see that with Lewis, right? And, um, you know, when he says, I've always wondered, why me? Why am I the only one? Out of all the kids in school, all the other young black kids in black communities, how is it us that stumbled across it and got into it? And not only got in there, but why am I as good as I am? Why am I wired the way I am? And I feel like there's a much bigger picture. And there is, right? There is a bigger picture to, to Lewis and, and to his stories, right? And he says, there's a lot of feelings that I suppressed at the time that I didn't even realise I suppressed. Emotions and feelings I had when I was younger, it all came up. You know, he got called the N-word. He got assaulted in Newcastle when he was 11 or 12, you know? It's crazy. The amount of hate that black people get navigating this world. It doesn't matter how successful you get, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you are, people are going to hate you for the colour of your skin. That shit's disgusting. That shit's disgusting. But one of the amazing things that kind of come out of this article is him talking about Abu Dhabi. Um, and... Um, seeing uh you know we saw the images of him in the car just kind of shaking his head just like not really believing what was going on with that um and he yeah he says you know you start to see things unfold my worst fears came alive i was like there's no way that they're going to cheat me out of this there's no way that won't happen surely not uh and they did uh and they really did uh and he knew something wasn't right but what was really good, and that's something that I took away from that. Uh, oh, it's, there's a oh, there's someone in the chat who's trolling. Hi, King Misogyny. Oh, look at you trolling on your mum's internet. How cute. <laughs> um, one of the cool things about uh, about Abu Dhabi was when. Um, Anthony kind of came out of the car. Uh, so Anthony came up to Lewis and they had that hug, right? <clears throat> and um, I think that was really good because Lewis says, you know, he he embraced me and I think he was like, I want you to know how proud I am of you. 
having your father embrace you in that way is one of the most profound things I've ever hammered on trails of, especially as you've grown up not many times having that. And that's really cool, right? Like, that's that's super cool that they were able to share that moment because they weren't able to have, you know, they had that kind of chasm after 2007 um, and, you know, that relationship, we all kind of know, kind of drifted apart, but now they've kind of worked towards coming together and it was lovely to see him have that. The narrative around Lewis, and they kind of, you know, they talk about it in the article. Imagine if Lewis had come out of the car, smashed his helmet on the floor, gone up to the stewards, been like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, like, you know when Michael Schumacher went into the back of David Coulthard in Spa, and he's running down the pit lane, and he's taking his helmet off, and he's... Imagine if Lewis had done that. Because he would have had every right to. Right? He would have had every right to do that. And the... The grace with which he held himself with wasn't all because, you know, um, it wasn't all because he is the most grateful person in the world, you know, graceful person in the world, but it's because he isn't afforded the same room to be emotional that Verstappen does, that, you know, Alonso does, right? The, those two can f and blind on the radio. They can they can say whatever they want. They can attack Alonso. <laughs> Fernando Alonso has been bringing up to the stewards a five second penalty given to him in Canada for the past four races. Right, four races afterwards, straight. Even though they showed him where he went wrong with multiple camera angles. To the point where mild-mannered dad of Mick Schumacher, Seb Vettel, had to walk out of the meeting. Because he was chatting so much shit and he wouldn't let go a five-second penalty for something that he blatantly did that was caught on camera. And that's the space Alonso is afforded. Do you think Lewis Hammond could leave Mercedes and then thumbs up on Instagram afterwards? Now look, it was hilarious. But he wouldn't be afforded the same right to do that, right? And I think that was one of one of the things that about Abu Dhabi that that kind of hurts a lot. But this article, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. It's like the fucking Avengers film. You ever seen the Avengers? Marvel. You'll just be watching it, you'll be watching it, you'll be watching it, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, there's Black Panther! Oh shit, Doctor Strange! Like man, I just popping out of nowhere. That's what this article is like. You'll just be reading it, bruv. And then all of a sudden, it's like Hamilton's close friend, Melody Hobson, was also in Abu Dhabi that day. Like, oh, my God. Hobson is a hugely successful business leader, the current chairwoman of Starbucks, and soon to be part owner of the Denver Broncos. Like, you know, it's fucking crazy. Like, his fucking mates are incredible. Also engaged to George Lucas. Casual. But one of the great things about it was that they say that he went to, they invited him out for Christmas to, to come and chill with him at Christmas. And um, I think during that, during that time, you know, they, uh, he, you know, he must have been pondering it. And she said to him, you know, look, things, uh, they said decisions, uh, hold on, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh 
Oh, hold on. Hold on. My bad. I should have had this up. I should have had this back. Um, I kept telling him things like, we make no decisions in times of great anguish or pain. You just have to sit with this and it's going to be hard and uncomfortable, but there's nothing to be done at this moment. So do nothing. And then I was really poignant. I was really poignant. Because I think there's some people that would have liked Lewis to, to have gone. There are some people that would have loved for Lewis to walk off after Abu Dhabi. Do you know why? Because they think that he's a quitter. They think that Lewis would have gone off. You know what? When someone loses, you know when someone like you're playing outside with someone, you know, when you were kids and you beat them or, or whatever. And then they like, they fucking grab their ball and walk off. They say, fine, no one's playing. That's what they expected Lewis Hamilton to do. But our guy is stronger than that. Our guy is stronger than that. He came back. He shrugged that shit off. And then he came back. Someone made a really good point. Paula Rogo. And yes, it was a black woman giving him guidance uh, at that point. And I think, again, we're seeing a theme here. Lewis having that, which he's not always had, right? But he's managed to cultivate for himself this space where he can have this support. You know, we see him with spins and all of his other friends. And the fact that he had um, uh, Paula reach out to him. Not Paula. <laughs> Paula's on here. Um, the fact that he had Melody reach out to him as well. <clears throat> Open up her home at Christmas. Um, his dad being back in his life again. Uh, not being back in his life, but them kind of rekindling that relationship. That's dope. And it's incredible that he had that because it doesn't matter how successful you are, right? He must have felt so low in that point. And I'm so happy that he came back. And you know what? It's crazy, right? The beginning of the season, the all of the stuff with the... Uh, with the jewellery, all the stuff, you know. But then you've got the car. Do you remember last year? Let me have some wine. By the way, are you guys enjoying this? Or am I just rambling? But just let me know in the comments if this is something. And, and, and again, if you guys are listening at home, hello. If you're watching on YouTube, give this a like. If you can get up to 100 likes on this, that would be awesome. Thank you. It does help. Um... But all the stuff that's happening at the beginning of the season, right? I'm not drunk yet. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, all of the stuff that happened last season, right? We thought... <laughs> we thought Mercedes... Remember, they hadn't upgraded the car. They hadn't upgraded the car from, like, until Silverstone. And that was the only upgrade package until the Brazil power unit thing, right? So you're telling me we put all of our shit. Remember, we put all of our emotions, absolutely everything. We're like, don't worry. Next year, we're going to be dunking two seconds on everyone. Next year, we're going to be, oh God, everyone's going to eat our dust. It's going to be like a victory parade. Mercedes have got this in the bag. 
Oh, how wrong we were. <laughs> oh, how wrong we were. That car was a two-pack of arse. Two-pack of arse. And it's not been a... It, so, Lewis, rather than getting into a quick car... Oh, God, Toto. Remember Toto saying everyone has a target on their backs? Talking like a talking man. And the car, shit! Anyway. So, instead of Lewis having to... Not having to. Getting into a car, fighting for poles, fighting for wins... Adding to this incredible number of victories that he has. Incredible number of pole positions that he has. We're in a situation now where he's had to sacrifice half a season. But he put that on his back. He put that on his back. And he said, you know what? Fine. I'm going to run all the sensors on the car. I'm going to run the weird setups. I'm going to have the most, I'm going to have the worst effects of the porpoising on me. George, my little cub, my little pumpernickel, you, fine, you have the most normal shit. And you know what, he done a job, well done to George. But do you guys remember what they were saying about Hamilton? And they touch on this in the article. They say, you know, the people were saying, remember, Jackie Stewart said, Lewis should quit. We had pundits saying, oh, George is dusting Lewis. Lewis isn't even up to it. George is being it. Maybe Lewis should consider quitting right now. The disrespect. The disrespect on this guy's name. We're watching TV. We've got people paid hundreds of thousands of pounds to report on this sport. And they don't even report on it correctly. They've got people who are dealing in narratives. We've got people who who are happily making it out as if Lewis has somehow... From being the guy who dominated the last four races. And if it wasn't for some prick making up rules on the spot. He would be an eight-time world champion. If we remember in Abu Dhabi correctly. Lewis was on older tyres. Max pitted for newer tyres. And he still couldn't get that gap down. Do you know how much of a beating Max took that day? And then people think that Lewis is going to come back not three months later and all of a sudden that pace is gone. Are they stupid? That's the wall they're trying to pull over your eyes. That's the shit that they're trying to feed you. And I'm so happy because he touches on it towards the end, right? And again, it's like Avengers, bruv. People are just coming out. In this article, it was like, oh, all of a sudden, Tom Brady, anyone can have a great season. Anyone can have five great seasons, but it's really hard to have 10 great seasons or 15 great seasons. That takes different traits, different qualities. A lot of those come from things that have happened in your life that allow you to be motivated over a period of time. 
There's no way that a man like Lewis Hammond is falling off after, after, after like three months. And I love this quote. A lot of people out there, this is what Lewis Hammond had to say about his haters, yeah? And I love this. A lot of people out there are shit talkers, he tells me. If I let those words, those projections people are putting out, those little digs, if I let that bring me down, they win. Hey, Nico Rosberg, he's talking to you. Hey, Fernando Alonso, he's talking to you. Sky Pundit, he's talking to you. Do you wonder why Lewis doesn't want to sit down with you and do your stupid little pre-race content bits? It's because you chat shit on his name. You chat shit on his name and then you wonder why he doesn't want to sit down with you. Why he doesn't talk to you before races. Why he doesn't talk to you after races unless he absolutely has to. Because you disrespect him on the regular. I wouldn't talk to you if I was Lewis Hammond. And it's just incredible. He says it. Projections. Nico Rosberg. You couldn't handle another season of Lewis Hamilton putting it on you after your 2016 victory. You said, you know what? I've got to go. I've got to hang up these boots and I've got to become a YouTuber. An inconsistent one at that. You can't even upload every week for fuck's sake. In terms of consistency, maybe I'm a better YouTuber than you are. Sure, you've got the numbers. Sure, you might be driving nice fancy cars. But hey, I'm here for my fans every week. Without fail. What are you doing? Walking around with your toes out on people's yachts. In Monaco. Like an Insta baddie. Don't think we ain't noticed. That's all you've got. And that's why you've got to use thank you. Someone says the fact they still use Lewis's name for their YouTube videos. You can't even get those views without Lewis. Roman Grosjean. Keep my driver's name out your mouth. Please. You're twerking for a Mercedes test drive. I don't even know why Toyo offered that to you in the first place. But you can't get views without mentioning Lewis. And no one wants to hear that. And I'm just sick and tired of this shit, bro. I'm sick and tired of shit. I'm sick and tired of the fact that it takes fashion magazines to give Lewis the space that he needs to discuss these things. I hate the fact that he can't do it within his sport because he's... No matter how large he shines, no matter how much he carries this sport on his back, he has to keep him he can't show his true emotions within the sport the sport aren't smart enough to think hang about this guy is carrying our sport on his back let's let him let's give him the freedom to be himself as much as possible you know what let's let him wear the jewelry you know what let's investigate the guy that put a car on his head let's investigate the guy that ran him wide in brazil to the point where they might as well have been in fucking ecuador let's investigate the guy that brake tested him and give him an appropriate punishment instead of investigating it after the race and then giving him a 10 second penalty which didn't even affect his position
That's bullshit. I'm sick and tired of it, bro. I'm absolutely sick and tired of it. And I think for me, pundits, ex-drivers, people within the sport, people who write articles, put some respect on this guy's name. Because if it wasn't for Lewis Hammond, where would this sport be? They mentioned the Brianna Taylor t-shirt he wore after Magello. Do you remember that they wanted to investigate him for that? Jean Todd was like, you know what? Uh, there's no way that we could be campaigning against the unlawful murder of a black person on the podium. We're going to investigate you. And if people hadn't have made noise about that, they would have done it. That's the way that this sport thinks. And when this guy leaves, it's fucked. Let me tell you that. It is absolutely fucked. And we're going we're gonna to be a lot poorer without it. Pardon me, I just burped. That's so rude. The wine is going down the wrong way. I'm sorry. Um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. What do you guys think in the comments? Um, I just want some respect on this guy's name. I love Lewis Hammond. To go through what Lewis Hamilton continually goes through, right? And still be this, like, incredible source of light for all of us, right? This incredible source of inspiration. This incredible source of... Source of source! He is the source of the source. Because look how everyone else in that paddock is copying him. When it comes to like human rights, when it comes to speaking up, using their platform, these niggas are silent as shit. Quiet as a mouse. But when it comes to copying his shit, when it comes to copying his homework, look at Daniel Ricardo, bro. This guy don't watch the news. This guy don't read newspapers. This guy's just there by a pool, practicing his... Face all day, but you know he's studying Lewis. He's got a production company. He's got a wine business. He's got a fashion company. He's trying to break the U.S. I wonder where you got all that from, Daniel. I wonder where you got all that from, Charles. You want to start a fashion brand? We saw that in Drive to Survive season two. You want to start a fashion brand? Where did you get that from? You want to be at fashion shows? Where did you get that from? He is the prototype for all of these younger guys. And they don't even respect him. They don't even respect him. And this sport is going to be so poorer for him when he goes. Paula says, this is a good point. Choosing to work with Vanity Fair was strategic. Not only is it a fashion magazine, but it's also an American magazine. The media on that side of the world tends to face race more aggressively. Damn right. Imagine if he tried to have this in the Daily Mail or in the Sun or in the Star or in the, the, the Express, Telegraph. The Telegraph where Lando Norris does columns every week. Most Tory piece of shit rag in the world. Our drivers are different. My guy is not your guy. 
Respect him. Like Mourinho said, respect. Respect. Please. It's just fucking incredible. It's just incredible. Um, Man, I just, yeah, I'm going to end on a positive note. Lewis Hamilton, man. Like, thank you. Without Lewis, there's no quick stop F1. Let's just get that shit straight. And you know what? I see a lot of pandering to Lewis off the back of this article, right? I see a lot of pandering. Lewis, you know, it's almost like the same shit Lewis got after Abu Dhabi when he was, um, they were like, oh my God, I've never seen grace like this. Lewis Hamilton, I've got a newfound respect for Lewis Hamilton. He's just so graceful. I just can't imagine what he's going through. How graceful is this guy? Wow, so much respect. Fuck you, man. Fuck you and your respect for someone who's gone through the worst sporting tragedy in modern times and you have a newfound level of respect for him only when he goes through the worst shit. Now you respect him, but not when he's won 103 races, over 100 poles, but it's now you want to respect him. Damn right, Michelle. These are the same guys that would defend Massey. These are the same guys that, oh, well, I have to be objective. Fuck objectivity. We could all see what happened. And if it wasn't for people, it wasn't even us. I'm not even, I'm not even going to take credit. Like, I did my part. Tandy did her part. We all did our part. But there were people who were going hard every fucking day. Every day, people were going hard. We kept it up. And it's not me, it's you guys in the comments as well. It's people on Twitter, people on Insta, TikTok. Every day we kept it up. I stand with Lewis Hamilton. And if we didn't do that, they wouldn't have done shit. They wouldn't have done nothing. But we had to keep it up. And then you have the same people who were like... Who would side with the journalists. Remember we couldn't say anything about journalists. Because they'd say. Oh F1 Twitter is so toxic. F1 Twitter is. I'm being bullied. I'm being. Shut up bro. Team LH this. Team LH that. You team LH you. They accused us of bullying. They accused us of aggression. All the things that they say about black people when we try and stick up for ourselves. When we... Nick Knowles. Pick up Nick Knowles. Bruv, I'm not even going to lie. Nick Knowles, that was a turning point. Because it was a prominent white man saying, what the fuck is going on here? When it was just us lot. And obviously Team LH is full of different races. and You know, whatever. Of course. But when it was just the fans saying stuff, they could dismiss that as angry Hamilton fans. That's what black people do, right? They get aggressive. They bully people. They make people feel uncomfortable. They're loud. But once Nick Knowles stepped in, that's when they said, you know what? Actually, we've got to listen to these guys now. 
We've got to listen. Okay, we'll do the report. Do you remember there was one journalist? I'm not even going to name names. But there was one journalist who said, Oh, guys. Guys, don't you know that the FIA are closed for Christmas? Actually, it was a really tough season. So, you know, why would you guys expect anything to happen now? Don't feed me bullshit. Don't piss on my shoes and tell me it's raining, okay? And that's what they were doing all winter. The Sky Pundit, the the journalists, they were trying to give... Let's not... We don't know all the facts yet. We can't... They refused to report on it. And then when we told them, hey, something's going on, something's happened here, that's when they were like, oh, you know what? Maybe something's... No, actually, no, they ignored that. And then Nick Knowles said something. And then when we would call them out on it, they'd say, hey, I reported on it here. And they'd show us, like, their race report from the 12th. Okay, what have you done since then? Karun saying that there was private conversations happening. Where? Pinkham jumping to Max's defence. Oh, my God, let's not even talk about that. Like... It was honestly the biggest period of gaslighting that we've ever seen, right? And uh, we just had to eat that. Thank fuck Nick Knowles came in and then from there they started to take it serious. Anyway, I digress. Lewis Hammond. I'm so happy that he recognises the support that he has. He mentions in the article how much the support meant to him. And it wasn't, you know, we, we did it because there was an injustice, but we did it because he gives so much to us, right? He's given so much to us on the, on the track, off the track. It was nothing for us to give it back and to support him and to have his back in that moment. And I'm really proud that we did. And as long as this guy is in the sport, it's going to be a great place for us to be in. And I guess once he goes, we'll see. But this article, as lovely as it is, is it's 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 mad that he's had to go through all of that. And it's mad that the standards that Lewis is upheld to in the media differ completely to the standards that someone like Max is held to differ to the standards that someone like Charles is held to right but we know the truth us in this chat here we know the truth us on Twitter Instagram TikTok whatever Team LH we know the fucking truth is that this is the greatest driver of all time and we are truly blessed to be in this period now. We are living through history, guys. These magazine shoots, these pictures, in like 50 years' time, our kids, our grandkids, little nieces, nephews, they're going to be like into F1. They'll be like, do you remember Lewis Hamilton? And you'll be like, huh, come and sit on my knee. Let me tell you about Lewis Hamilton. And we'll be able to tell them all these incredible memories. 
the 2008 championship win, winning Silverstone on three tyres, Turkey, for the kids out there, Abu Dhabi, remembering all the times we were on Twitter and he used to turn up to the races and be like, did he really turn up to the races dressed like that? Yeah, he did. And every t- every Thursday we would like be looking forward to whatever he'd be wearing and we'd all share it and we'd all like, we'd all share, it would be like the best thing ever. We'd be able to tell people about the times when <laughs> he got racially abused by Nelson PK who is the father father-in-law to the guy that he's currently racing and how everyone fucking ignored it until we made some noise about it and then someone tweeted i oh, imagine if lewis just tweeted like who the fuck is nelson pk and then he said imagine we were there for that it seems so small now but this is the shit people lived through muhammad ali people lived through you know, sporting icons of the past, right? And this is ours. This is our moment that we're living through. And maybe we won't fully process it until it's over, right? Maybe we're all kind of taking it for granted right now. So what I'm going to say is, let's fucking appreciate this guy whilst he's here, man. Let's appreciate this guy whilst he's here because... There's no one like him. And there'll be no one like him after this, right? He is one of one unique. Unique! (laughs) Big up Beyonce. Um, And I just want us to appreciate him as much as possible. So I guess that's why, you know, you've got a random guy in his house talking on his own into a microphone. um, Telling the world how much he loves him. Because I do, man. I've grown up watching Lewis. I think I was 17 when he came into the sport. And I've seen him. I remember the first time he started to wear, like, the Cuban link chains to races, right? And I remember thinking, wow, that's so fucking cool, man. I've never seen an F1 driver wear Cuban link like diamond fucking uh, necklaces to races before. And then the outfit started to get more and more bold. And then the championship wins. All of those memories. Dusting Nico like he was nothing. Dusting Seb like he was nothing. Look, let's... We've all like had to... You know, we wax lyrical about Seb. Four-time world champion. Lewis had him in his back pocket. Let's just talk about facts right now. When they had cars which were of equal pace, Lewis put that guy in a blender, put him in a spliffin. Smoke that nigger. Facts. Facts only. That is excellence. Black excellence. And I'm so proud. I'm so, so proud to have lived through it. And I'm so proud to have shared it with you guys. Right? Like, we're truly living through history again. 
and all those memories you have of Lewis, all of those good things that he brings to you, all of the lovely like memories that you have of him, keep them. Uh, cherish them. Share them. And be unapologetic in your love for it. Don't let anyone try and bring you down because you support the greatest driver of all time. You can't shame me for supporting the greatest driver of all time. You can't shame me. <coughs> There's people who comment on our... I saw one comment that was like, you only support Lewis because he's black. If, you, if Lewis was white, you wouldn't support him. So am I not supposed to identify with a black man in sport now? People want you to deny your blackness because it makes them uncomfortable. Let me tell you, if my blackness makes you uncomfortable, look at yourself, brother or sister. Because it's not me that's going to dim myself. If Lewis is not going to dim himself, then I'm not. And that's it. And that's it, bro. So don't let anyone make you feel... There's people who haven't tasted champagne in a minute. <laughs> Whoever said that is a genius. Um, but, um, but yeah, like, don't let anyone diminish your support for Lewis. If you want to support him out loud, great. If you want to support him quietly, great, okay? Because he's special. And we are special. This community we have is special. Quickstop F1 would be nothing without the support of people within Team LH. Facts, right? I don't, I'm not, I'm not gonna deny that, right? Of course. But representation matters. This is what people don't understand. Dutch fans rep, feel representation with Max, right? To the point where they buy his merch, they go to races, you know, and, you know, Max is a, is a belligerent prick. So, you know what? I'm gonna go and be a belligerent prick too. They do that, right? They're moulded in Max's behaviour, in Max's spirit. And they feel that representation. But then they find it so impossible, so insulting, so convoluted, that a black person could possibly find representation in the only black driver on the grid. It's crazy. The way that they think in their head, they want to deny you your blackness. They want to deny you your support for Lewis Hamilton, whether you're black, white, whatever, because they want to see him diminished. They don't want him to be the most popular driver on the grid. They don't give a fuck. Well, they ain't got a choice because he is. Flo, great point. A fandom is the reflection of the one they follow. Very fucking true. And we'll say it. We don't even have to say much more about that. Okay? Guys, this has been an hour. <laughs> I've just managed for an hour. I don't know if anything that I said is useful. To the guys listening at home, thank you for listening. To the guys um, watching on the live stream, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you guys' support. If you can like this video and give us a, uh, give us a subscribe if you're... Uh, not subscribe to us that'd be very appreciated normal service will be resumed next week we'll have a normal podcast i know this is like the second week in a row of like 
a non-normal podcast after the live podcast. Um, so normal service will be resumed next week. I'm going to try and do a, a season ranking of the drivers so far. Um, and yeah, I'm just so grateful for you guys, man. I feel like you guys are going to change our lives. We're having some really interesting conversations with people, whether they come to fruition or not. Uh, let me tell you now, right? Let me just say this whilst I'm here. Being a content creator is like... How I imagine being a... Um, a music artist, right? A singer, a rapper. Let's say a rapper, right? And rappers, right? What you do, you start off on your own. You start off in your own small community. And you... And you build up. Everyone's asking to watch a race together. Okay, we'll, we'll let's put something in a diary for that for sure. Which race? Let me know. Um, and you're a rapper, and you're and basically, <clears throat> a lot of rappers in the past, right? This is how it is. In the past, rappers would try and get signed because in the past. <laughs> Being on a label was the only way that you could ba basically grow your shit, right? A label would give you an advance. They give you marketing. They they extrapolate you. You're able to get PR stuff and the, the mechanisms to grow, right? And that's kind of what it's like as a content creator. You, but what's happening now in music and in content creation is that, look, you can do it on your own. You can become independent. And that's the goal. The goal is to be independent and to be big enough independently so that we can fund ourselves doing this, right? And we can give back to you guys more. So having said that, you know, a website's coming this week. We've got some merch on there if you want to grab that. There is a purple t-shirt. Everyone's been asking us, make a purple t-shirt. There's a purple t-shirt. There's a couple cool designs. So if there are... Interview on a t-shirt, that's coming out on Thursday. We're going to start a Patreon. And that's going to be for like... the You can sign up to the Patreon for as little as two ninety nine a month. And that will get you ad-free um, video and audio. <clears throat> and then £5 will get you... We'll, we'll do an extra podcast every week. And you'll get that. And that might not even be about Formula 1. Sorry. <clears throat> that might be about music that might be about personal things you know we'll figure it out but there'll be extra content on there and then there'll be like a, a higher tier where we'll send you like a piece of merch every three months so that's coming after the break and hopefully you know we'll be able to grow and we'll be able to build our you know get that money and whatever right but we have conversations with people right we had a conversation at the beginning of the year with some management people we had a conversation quite recently as well about something else and <laughs> one of the overriding things basically is that we are too real right no F1 team is going to touch us with a barge pole, including Mercedes. Sky Sports aren't going to touch us. Um, and a lot of brands are probably 
scared to touch us because of how we are, right? So that kind of puts people off. Uh, we got asked to delete all of our tweets and content in one conversation. We said no. Um, so I'm just kind of giving you guys an insight into, I guess, where we are at. Um, look, there are other conversations happening. We might, there might be something to announce. There might probably won't. But I guess going back to the rapper thing, you always hear, um, you always hear um, music artists, right? Talk about, yeah, I nearly got, let's talk about Kanye West, right? Kanye West in last call was like, I nearly got signed to this person, but then that fell through. I nearly got signed to this person, that fell through. And that's kind of like what it's like with content creation, right? Um, ask any content creator. They people come around. They try not, you know. They offer you things and whatever. And so, just know until someone actually puts something on the table, we're always going to be the way we are. We're not going to dilute anything. Uh, I wouldn't take any deal that meant I had to dilute myself. I'm not going to delete content. Um, I'm not going to stop talking about the sport the way it is. I'm not going to stop telling trolls to fuck off and leave us alone. We're going to be the way we are. To some people, that looks like career suicide. I think it only takes one person, right? It takes one person to believe in you and to say, you know what, I like what you're doing. I'm going to work with you. And I'm happy to wait out for that one person whilst I'm whilst we make content as our own authentic selves i think if we were any different we wouldn't be as big as we are now right if we pandered to things if we didn't say how we really felt about things we wouldn't be as big as we are now so you can't you can't I'm, i don't even know what i'm talking about this but i guess if you're ever thinking about creating content right a lot of people will tell you to dumb your shit down a lot of people will tell you that you have to act a certain way and you know what that is good advice <laughs> it is good advice i'm not denying that it's good advice right um but you have to be okay with putting out a version of yourself which is not real and i can't do that i can't do that and as uh as damaging as it may be, you know, and, and, you know, other people may get opportunities that I would like to do before me or us. At the end of the day, we just sold out a, um, we just sold out a 50 person venue in 36 hours. There's no other podcast doing that. I think even fuck. Okay. No one's doing that. <clears throat> no one's doing it like us. And, the reason we're able to do that is because of you guys and the support you give us. So I'm so grateful for um, for everything that you say. And look, Eleven Ocean says you'd be ten times bigger than you are to be honest, but you'd be diluting it and have wash followers. Look, look at big followers, right? Whenever they talk about, whenever they try and say something bad about anyone, Vettel, Verstappen, Alonso, whatever, their 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 listeners. Sending him emails, sending him comments. Why are you saying this? Why are you saying that? You're being biased. And it's like, do I want a fucking bunch of followers 
who are only following me because they think I, I think a certain way. People know what they're getting with us, okay? And let me tell you right now, we made it cool to be biased. Before us, people were just being pound shop Sky Sports pundits. And that's fine. But we made it cool to say, you know what, we're biased as fuck. And you're just going to have to hold that. And I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of that. And I'm proud of the fan base that we have. And I don't want to say fan base because that's... I'm proud of the listenership we have and the viewership we have. We're a family. I appreciate you guys so much. You're listening to me ramble for an hour and 15 minutes. So I'm going to leave it there because I am drenched in sweat. (laughs) But... um, um, I just want to say thank you to you guys. I'm eternally grateful for the space that you give us to be able to create the way that we want to create. I promise that we're always, no matter what happens, we'll always think about you guys and the products that you're getting and the, you know, we'll never dilute ourselves for money. We, we won't. And um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think we're going to have some really exciting things to announce this year, even if it's just the fact that we're, we're growing as, a, as an independent, um, independent fan base, so independent podcast. So watch out Thursday, the website is going live, the merch is going live. Uh, after the summer break, the Patreon is going live with three tiers so if you just want the cheapest tier, simply to get no adverts on audio or YouTube, that's fine. If you want to go higher to get the extra podcast, that's fine. If you want to go to the top one, which is going to be like £15 a month. But with that, every three months, we will send you a piece of merch that only that tier will get. That Whatever we send you will not be available on the Quick Stop website. So and look, that's just for all affordability, whatever you can afford, then, you know, that's great. And if you want to support, that's fine. And, you know, um, yeah, I need to set up the channel so we can, I think donations are on, on here, but I haven't sorted out stickers, so I need to sort out stickers. So that's what the summer break is going to be about. I'm going to be working behind the scenes, getting the infrastructure in place for us to kind of take the next level on the monetary kind of side of things. And, um, but I just want you to know that there's no pressure. If you don't want to support, if you don't want, yeah, if you don't want to support, that's fine. If you can't afford to support, that's also fine. Like I, uh, I love absolutely every single last one of you, and uh, yeah, solo P one, I'll hit you up. Don't worry. Um, but um, but yeah, um, all support is appreciated, and I don't want guy people to feel that if we're going monetary that we're you'll never be missing con f1 content from us i think the the second podcast is going to be non-f1 related content um because i don't want anyone to miss f1 analysis from us but anyway i have uh gone on for, for a while so i'm gonna go guys if you've enjoyed this podcast, making sure you're liking and subscribing. Make sure you're giving us a five-star review on Apple. Make sure you're giving us a five-star review on Spotify. 
Tell everyone you know about this podcast. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Everyone in the in the comments right now, uh, I'll put a poll up on Twitter and we'll decide between Turkey 2020 and Brazil 2021 to re-watch. Um, let me know what you think about the stuff that I've said. Thank you so much, guys. I love you so much. This has been the Quick Stop F1 podcast. And remember, no matter what happens, keep it on the black stuff. I'll see you next week. Take care. Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but the truth remains indisputable. I'm Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and every day I'll be bringing you a full dose of truth on my show, Indisputable. We cover criminal justice, social justice, politics, racism, police brutality, and everything in between. I even make space for conservative voices, but not before they step into the bullpen, where I debate them on their policy agenda. In January, I hosted They Called Him Radical, a special tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It features myself, Senator Nina Turner, Ricky Smiley, and Sharon Reed. Together, we reflected on Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, his real legacy, and considered what we can all do to continue to fight for a better world. Listen to Indisputable and They Called Him Radical on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.